Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. Echo, echo. And running the boards is Joey D's. Hi. Hello. On today's show, we will get some video game news from Gareth Von Kallenbach. Joe and I are going to really nerd, ab- nerd out about some Magic the Gathering cards. Woo! And of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeekvision.com. Let's get our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just search for BJ's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio.com, and iTunes to find us. So many different ways. And through all those ways, there's usually a way to give us a review. Uh, give us a five-star review because Please? I like stars. It's like those little sticker progress charts in uh, grade school. I'm pretty cool with that. Everybody likes stars. Yeah, right. I love stickers, too. You get a star. <laughs> now, let's get right into some video game chat. And uh, guess who I've got with us? Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Review. That is SKNR.net. And we're talking video games today. And last week, we talked about Fandome and so much stuff hit up. But two games really kind of shown out of a lot of the things that they, uh, they, they, they previewed. One of them being a new Suicide Squad game. Yeah, and this one is surprising because the film doesn't come out until next year, and then the game doesn't come out until 2022. And so, you know, there were some people saying, I get that this is a major event, you want to build up excitement, you want to build up energy. But then there were those saying, all we saw is cinematics, why didn't they wait until next year to make the formal announcement? And my attitude, you know, I, I get that logic, but of course, you want to build up excitement for it because you can build it up. And let's assume that we have some semblance of uh, what a normal convention season is next year. (laughs) Then you can can play it up at E3. You can play it up at PAX. You can play it up at um, uh, even San Diego Comic-Con, which has had a game, a growing game presence in recent years. So, you know, I think that's kind of the plan. Just get people excited about it and then, Uh, go accordingly. And I I think for me, what is really appealing is um, you can play it as four-player co-op, apparently. And while people are saying, well, we're only getting the four characters, it's like, right, four characters now. You tell me that somewhere down the line, if it's a hit, there won't be some kind of DLC or option to add in new characters? Well, based on the movie itself, I feel that there's a plenty there's plenty of room to have characters that people will actually recognize in that and even some of them from the uh, first movie as well. Like and then as you just keep going on, hit the comics, keep going in with that. I think something like Suicide Squad and Task Force X is uh there's a, there's a way to bring in as many different uh, characters as you really want to have. Exactly. And you know, some people were saying well, I don't want to play as second-tier characters. That's Well, my first thought is then don't play the game. Yeah, <laughs> because that's what they all are. <laughs> and these are all the same people that if it was another straight-up Batman game, they'd be saying, oh, it's the same thing. Because remember, the third Batman game did not get the response that the previous two had. And, you know, you, you get these people that go, oh, I want another Batman game, I want an, and then, oh, but it's too much like that, or I don't like this. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I give them credit for saying, hey, you know what, let's, let's mix it up. The, the movie looks really good, um, yeah. and I thought, build on the energy, let's see how this goes. And, and the thing, too, and I'm curious if this is part of it, 
by announcing it now, they still have plenty of time to tweak it based on feedback. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that completely. And it's and I think you really kind of touched on a point with the the Batverse, but not with Batman, because the next game up is Gotham Knights, where you're playing a bat character from the Bat family, but apparently Batman might be dead or missing. Yeah, there's a lot of people like myself included who think that's a lot of nonsense. We think he's going to show up at a, a key point near the end of the game or, you know, hey, for your paid DLC, you can play as Batman and come and you know, something yeah. like that. But you get to, you know, they've got Batgirl, they've got Nightwing, they've got Red Hood, and they've got Robin. And, and you know, I, I'm kind of of the generation where Batgirl and Robin was, Oh, yeah, got it, got it. And then you go to Nightwing, and it's, of course, obviously, I know who Nightwing is, but then you get into Red Hood and some of the others. And so this is going to be kind of an interesting test where the younger and diehard fans are going to know these characters. Um, I think some of the more casual ones, in particular with Red Hood uh, as an example, yeah. and the different versions of Robin, you may have some people that need uh, our introduction on that, but I, I don't think it's going to be too bad because honestly, if you're a comic person, you at least have a passing familiarity, and I'm sure you can Google it and pick it up within oh five minutes. You'll have the needed <laughs> information. And, and bottom line, you're the good guy. These are the bad guys. Beat them up. Yeah, will figure it out as you go. Yeah, exactly, man. Both of these games seem fun for the different reasons why you're going with them. And, I mean, I'm kind of stoked on all this. Like, I wasn't really um, too prepared to be uh, just surprised or even excited uh, with DC Fandom. But, man, seeing a lot of the trailers and seeing these games really did get me excited. Moving on from that, what can you tell us about GamesCon? Okay, so we've got Gamescom going on now. They started it up yesterday evening in Germany, which, of course, was Thursday morning for us here. And right out the bat, they showed this is not going to be your traditional showcase that we've had a lot of people uh, come out and do one. And I'm not counting the PlayStation and the Xbox showcase. I'm referring to like the ones the various outlets did that we talked about were largely filled with indie games. Mm -hmm. They came out firing just like... E3. And I know a lot of people say, well, that's it is, but it isn't really a comparison. I've always said, when you think of Gamescom, think of a European version of E3, and you get an idea of what you're looking at. And they went straight for the traditional format. 18 games right off the bat with the major publishers, you know, the new Star Wars game, the new Assassin's Creed game, on and on and on down the line. And I felt this is a good way to hit it because it wasn't one of those where they give you a little bit and then make you wait and you have to keep watching all weekend long, you know, hoping that you're going to get something. They dropped the hammer right off the bat and said, here it is. Nice. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we have other stuff coming. And, you know, we've talked about it in depth and lightly. I'm just I'm curious what format PAX is going to use because they don't usually – do the big reveals there and looks like they're going heavy on panels and trailers and stuff. But I, I'm also thinking they've got some surprises. So it, it looks like this is going to set things up and I'm curious if it's going to follow the traditional pattern where it's announced at E3, you see it more at Gamescom, but PAX is where you get the real deep hands-on, you know, here's your trailer, 
but over here we're going to show you the gameplay yeah stuff like that so i think it's it's setting up for a very interesting uh fall gaming and there's a lot of really interesting and exciting titles coming and i know that uh, you'll be keeping all the information out so people need to follow you on the social media to do all that like you on, on twitter facebook and all of that and also head to sknr.net because you do break a lot of information including about uh call of duty uh, actually quite a while ago but the reveal is out yes and they did it in such an interesting way so we got as we mentioned five months ago <laughs> yeah duty, right black Ops. Cold War is the new game, and obviously um, set in the Cold War setting. They did the announcement uh, in the actual war zone of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and then the clips and trailers followed, and we have that up. There's going to be more coming. And what people are really excited about is some of the interesting rumors. Like, for example, uh, before the clip came out, there were rumors that the game wasn't going to drop in October. It was going to drop in November. And people said, oh, it's Corona delay. And then there are people like me saying, no, new console drop date. So maybe the new consoles are dropping in November, not October. And therefore, this is going to be one of the big launch titles. And see, you know, all the little games within a game. And then, of course, you know, the data miners have been out saying the zombies are back and it's going to have this. And so everyone's really excited, which is, you know, basically what you want. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, anyone who loves the Call of Duty franchise, I mean, it's one of the big esports. We got the Seattle Surge here playing in the Call of Duty League. I feel that this is going to be a big one for the next gens and uh, pretty stoked for that as well. Uh, and then finally, hitting the VR world. You talked about Star Wars before. It's looking like I'm going to get to force choke some people. Absolutely. <laughs> and this is so exciting because. There's a lot of VR coming that is really good quality and even better. There's some games that are on the horizon. It looks like people are starting to really figure out how to do VR and take it to a next generation. Um, so we've got, um, you know, Vader Immortal, which has been out for the PCs for a while. Mm-hmm. It's finally come to the PSVR, all three episodes, chapters. And essentially, it's that. You grab your move controller, you're Darth Vader. You, you, you know, <laughs> you got your lightsaber, um, you've got your force powers, and I'm just chomping at the bit to get into it. I've heard nothing but rave reviews about this, and people tell me it's fantastic. You know, you can go in and go against training droids. You can do your missions, and, you know, like you said, Force choke and chop. What else do you need? <laughs> Force choke you know, and chop. <laughs> especially, especially in quarantine. I'm having a bad day. Someone's going to pay. Oh, and you start thinking yeah. about that finale of Rogue One coming down the corridor. <laughs> and it may be a training droid, but if you think real hard, it's the guys in the funny hats, and they're all going to pay. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah, that got that has me super stoked for it as well. I'm glad it's finally coming out to the PSVR. Again, more information from Gareth. You can find it at SKNR.net. He breaks news before people do, sometimes five months before, so you need to follow him on all that social. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you so much, Gareth. Now, going from video games to the old tabletop games, which most people are playing on video mode at this point with Magic Arena or maybe Magic the Gathering Online, uh, there was, I don't know now, I don't know if these were actual releases or if they were leaks. It tends to kind of go towards a sort of leak, but one of the new sets coming up uh, returns 
our favorite characters, uh, many of the Planeswalkers, to Zendikar. And Jace has a new Planeswalker card. He's back. Mm. He is. And this is really... This one, I just kind of want to get your take on this, uh, Joe, because this is the first time that an ability has been put on a Planeswalker card. So the the card is Jace Mirror Mage, costs two blue and a colorless, and obviously the legendary Planeswalker Jace. First line, Kicker 2. I love Kicker. Yes. So what that means is that in addition to the cost, you can pay two colorless more. So suddenly he's three colorless and two blue. And then when Jace Mirror Mage enters the battlefield, if he was kicked, you can create a token that's a copy of Jace Mirror Mage, except it's not legendary and its starting loyalty is one. He starts off with four normally. So if you do this, wait till turn four or five, whenever you have the mana to pay him, and you put him out, suddenly you've got two Jaces out there, which is actually reflected in the art, which is really cool. Um, and then his first plus one ability is to scry two, which means you get to look at the top two cards and determine whether one of those or both of them go on the top or bottom of your deck. And then the next one is just a zero loyalty that says draw a card and reveal it, remove a number of the loyalty counters equal to that card's converted mana cost from Jace Mirror Mage, which we've seen before with Sarkin the Mad, I believe. Similar idea. Yep. Yeah. And uh, having two of them out there being able to kind of rifle through your deck pretty quickly seems seems very powerful for either a three or a five casting cost Planeswalker. Yeah, I got to tell you, Rev, I think this card's going to be quite good. Uh, I mean, blue has had some bumpy issues in the sense that it's really only paired with green recently because mm-hmm. of how powerful green has been. Green has been super powerful. Yeah, so I can see, you know, the double blue maybe being a little bit of a hindrance, but I mean, a three-mana Planeswalker with essentially five loyalty that lets you filter is good. It doesn't protect itself. Correct. Which is usually a big thing with Planeswalkers, but in the new era of magic, three's the mana cost you want to be at, and this card costs three. It's hard to remove, <laughs> it's hard to deal five damage on turn three to anything, mm-hmm. right? So at, at that point, this card is going to either A, draw a card, or B, draw more cards. Yeah, and that's a big thing with this as well, because uh, if you manage to wait till turn five, uh, maybe you have a little bit more protection out. Obviously, your opponent is going to have possibly more creatures to attack it with, but suddenly you have now two Jaces that work really well together. Yeah, shockingly enough, if you scry with the uh, larger Loyalty Planeswalker Jace or the the smaller one, you can just find a land and they both can draw the land for free. Exactly, and that's the big power. It's like either you're, you're rifling through it or even if you just use both to scry two, scry two, maybe you'll never have to worry about drawing a land again. Yeah, and you need to find that, you know, uh, or if you board need sweeper land. or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a powerful mechanic, especially if you consider an empty board, because a lot of times when I think of the control mirror, or what is the best card that I can play to really get myself ahead? A lot of times it's usually a planeswalker or, you know, it was wilderness reclamation for a long time, but that card no longer exists in my mind. <laughs> uh, so yeah, right. now you have this five mana Jace similar to what Teferi would do, where when it comes into play, it's a big threat. You have to get rid of it and you have two of them. I mean, yeah. my gosh, how do you deal with two Planeswalkers on an empty board? Yeah, and, or even if there is a board and say you do play this one at 3-4-4 four, four, and you're just talking about, yeah, you bump it up to 5 loyalty immediately 
and uh, at worst, it will be a uh, a fog for a turn. So they're going to have to attack it to drop it down. And at best, you're just going to be able to have a powerhouse that keeps going and going and going and going. And the big thing that I remember from the previous sets before Wilderness Reclamation really took over was that Elspeth's Conqueror's Death, which was a five-minute enchantment that on its final saga mode allowed you to return a Planeswalker to play, you wanted to get an early Planeswalker into your graveyard. So these blue-white control decks that are going to start on three with this Jace filter to find a Wrath of God or a Board Sweeper to get rid of your board, and then mm-hmm. on five, remove your best permanent, and then two turns later, return this Jace to play. I mean, it's a lot of card advantage. Yeah, exactly. The other leak was Nahiri, heir to the Ancients. If you don't remember Nahiri, she was the uh, young court lady who decided to uh, get revenge on Soren and uh, encase him in stone. That was the last time we've seen him, and she's been kind of running rampant around. Not necessarily Necessarily a villain in my eyes, but definitely not a hero type. Yeah, no one likes to be Han Solo. No, no, not a, at all. So she's two colorless, a red and a white for four loyalty. Her first ability is a plus one to create a one-one white core creature token. You may attach an equipment you control to it. Here's the start of a theme here. For her minus two, you look at the top six cards of your library. Very powerful. You may reveal a warrior or equipment card from among them and put them into your hand. Put the rest of on the bottom of your library in a random order. And then the last one is a minus three. She does damage to target creature or planeswalker equal to twice the number of equipment you control. Obviously, you're going to need a uh, equipment-heavy deck with this, or even just a warrior uh, kind of heavy deck with that. Um, are there are there powerful equipment out there right now? Not that I can think of, which is why I'm excited. It, and that's where I was kind of going with this, because with Zendikar Rising, if they're going to have a card like that, it generally is going to mean that there's going to be a bump in equipment. And a recently printed alternate art, Beautiful, by the way, if you haven't seen it, Stoneforge Mystic, which heavily interacted with equipment. I don't know if it can be reprinted. It was a very powerful card originally, oh, that's but still, yeah, Ooh. man, that was a card that if if they didn't, okay, as long as they don't have cards that are utterly broken, like Batter Skull or with, Swords or <laughs> Swords, I think that you can do that, and that just really kind of comes down to the fact that a they really kind of should reprint Stone uh, Stoneforge Mystic for more Legacy stuff. Actually, is it still banned in Legacy? Uh, I stuff have like modern or no anything? idea what it is currently legal in, <laughs> right? Because I believe it got unbanned. Okay, and I mean it's just it's it was such an iconic card, and I feel that if you're going to be doing an equipment theme, which this shows, um, and you're going to be seeing that, that you kind of have to have that. And I love equipment. I think it's a really fun mechanic, especially just from like conceptually when you're thinking about when you're playing, it makes perfect sense. They're generally not that overpowered and they go into the theme of their colors, red and white. Mm -hmm. And this is a great planeswalker for it. I mean, there's everything you could possibly want. Yeah, it'll help you search for it, which uh, Red and White has been doing for equipment and creatures for a while now, so that's kind of a, a thing that they're doing, so it doesn't stand outside the, the the realm of reason that they would be able to do this. Yeah, profitable if you already have one in play, because you can make a guy that equips to it, or you can find one if you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of really exciting cards for Zendikar Rising, not coming out until the end of September, so we'll have to see where that goes, but now it is time to get to... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B! Now now, this is something interesting, and uh, we haven't said in a while. Hey, Vicky, what's coming out in movie theaters this week? What? Yeah. I know. It's so weird. Yeah, and I don't think I'm ready for that. Like, 
new movies in general or going to movie theaters? Uh, Well, going to movie theaters. At this point in time, I'm not personally comfortable with doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'll be spending this weekend checking out Bill and Ted Face the Music because it's on video on demand. And And I can watch it from the comfort of my own home. And I mean, if we are currently in the state of Washington. Yes. And none of the theaters are open. Mm Mm-hmm. And anywhere in the States. So we don't really have that option anyways. And I believe Bill and Ted is going to appear in theaters in other states. Probably. But Um, again, VOD, I don't have to worry about it. I can sit at home, (laughs) use my own bathroom. Uh, The one that I'm excited for, and they've been doing a really good job. Like with any movie that takes, like that gets put on hold after it's been filmed, Mm -hmm. you worry that it's going to be crap. Yes. Uh, But they keep putting out trailers that continuously look awesome. What is it? And it comes out. The New Mutants. And it's a horror movie. It is a horror movie. I really want to see this. So bring your teddy bear and get ready for it because... Well, I'm not bringing him. I'm home. Okay. Yes, you're right. So So I'll be surrounded by all my stuffed animals. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good call. Good call. You got a whole audience to help you watch this. Yeah. Like, and to no fault of its own, I just feel like this movie has been like eternally cursed. They had to do some re- reshoots and stuff and, and other I, things. And I actually, I, I found an article uh, from Cinema Blend that kind of explains what all happened. Like, he, oh, uh, the, the director cool. actually sets the record straight on how much the movie actually changed. Oh, good call. Because, I mean, just the stuff that I've heard is like mm-hmm. secondhand at best when I've been watching uh, uh, the news on this. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it was about three years ago that the movie was shot up in Massachusetts with plans to be in theaters for, you know, in the first half of 2018. Okay, that's, so only three years ago. That's when it was made. So it was supposed to come out 2018, like two years ago. Uh, but then various occurrences, obviously, you know, behind the scenes happened and prevented that from going on. So ever since, there's been many a rumor going on. Mm-hmm. So they finally were able to get a video conference with Josh Boone to discuss the work on the new movie. And while a majority of the conversation centered around the individual characters that make up the team, um, they did uh, discuss on how much changed, uh, like how much of the vision changed since it was completed back, you know, the production completed 2017. Wow. Um, so he said it really hasn't changed much at all because we never were able to do any research shoots or any sort of pickups or anything like that. So the story actually never changed. We oh. had about a year plus of limbo where the Fox Disney Disney merger was happening, oh, where literally yeah. nothing with the movie happened at all. The visual effects that uh, the work on that was stopped. So I never saw finished visual effects until the past year. It's why you see more of that stuff in trailers now and not earlier because you were just seeing the stuff with practical effects for the most part. So that makes me feel very you know what? excited and hopeful. I forgot that's why it was delayed. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with them, but it was that whole merger thing where, yeah, you didn't know what was going to happen with any of the Fox properties. And why would you continue doing a movie? I don't even think you were allowed to at that point because you couldn't put any money into anything because it was all kind of frozen at that point. Right. You didn't know what was going to happen exactly. And I know with, like, for example, Suicide Squad. Yeah. I think what happened with that is they saw the success of Deadpool mm-hmm. and how funny it was. And the Suicide Squad is one of those movies that, you know, can and be goofy and funny because it's, look at all the characters you're working with. Oh, yeah. And on Wednesday's podcast, we're going to go deep into all of the new characters from yes. the new movie with uh, from James Gunn. I swear to God, like the last few weeks, we have just been like hit in the face with all the DC stuff. And guess yeah. what? I'm actually excited for DC movies for the first time ever. I know. It's really, really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did a blog on it. And if you go to our page, uh, you can check it out on the Facebook page and all the, all the other places. Perfect. Um, 
But yeah, he says it's been a long process, but for me, it was a happy ending because once the merger was done, Disney really came back and let us finish the movie without anybody bothering us, really. So it was sort of a great, it was sort of great, and we were getting into release and what what we went and shot to set out to make, which is really, is a strange brew, but I think it's a really cool brew that hasn't been done before because we haven't seen like big name I, I should say big name as an X-Men in general because yes. a lot of these characters are not like the average or not average your casual you know yeah, like a casual hero. fan would know them right yeah. away sort of thing like that uh-huh. the staples the core characters right you know X-Men you may not know Wolfsbane and stuff yeah. like that oh, I, um, <laughs> I know we are not casual. <laughs> I know I know um, but we've had like horror-esque Superhero movies in the sense of that was that I'm blanking on the name. It was the little boy was basically Superman. Uh, Brightburn. Brightburn, yes. Or Burn Bright. No. One of those two. Yeah, one, one of those. those. One of the, the other is an RPG set in space. So we've had like that horror-esque superhero movie, but no, nothing with like big names. Yeah. We haven't had like a scary, you know, like a Spawn movie could be a horror. Yeah. I guess. Which I believe, who is it that really, oh, Jamie, uh, Jamie Foxx has been still like, hey, Spawn, I, I I'll do it. And like I'm me, like that's totally I've been reading about that. that. I'm totally in for that. I mean, if he wasn't already set for Blade, I was totally. I think it's uh, Mershala Ali, I believe is his name. Yeah, something yeah. like that. I'm totally bad with names in general. <laughs> Remembering, <laughs> but I would have picked him. But I really like the idea of him as Blade. And in this movie, in New Mutants, uh, speaking of big names, we've got Maisie Williams, who you will know as Arya Stark. Yeah, she was probably just finishing up uh, Game of Thrones around that time as well. Uh, Anna Taylor-Joy, she's got one of those faces you're like, I think I know her from somewhere, and you probably have, because she was uh, in Split. She was the girl that lived, which made her put her in the movie Glass. Oh, yeah. So you probably recognize her from that. Um, Oh, she was in Peaky Blinders, which if you haven't seen that, you absolutely have to watch that. It's a great show. Not really geeky, but more historical fiction, but it's really fun. Yeah, so sh- you probably recognize or just seen the new stuff. Like, uh, have you seen the new trailers at all, by the way? I yes. have not. Did oh, you- what do you think of them? Uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect. It reminds me a lot of, um, I don't know what that movie was, like Powers, where the kids find the powers, but then everything always goes wrong, so it becomes more of a horror. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. It was oh. the Josh Trank movie. Yeah. Oh, was it Super, oh. no, not four or something, no. Yeah, exactly. That idea that where it gets four? really no. dark out of nowhere because they don't know what's going on. It's the one that was based in Seattle, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah Chronicle. Yeah. Chronicle. Chronicle, yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. Uh, but we do get, if you guys, okay, if you don't want to hear anything that was in the trailers, cover your ears or skip forward like 15 seconds. But we finally get to see a peek at Lockheed. Wow, which really? He is like a dinosaur. Kind dinosaur of dragon, dragon thingy, yeah. which yeah. I didn't remember. I so we are looking at, I believe, was it Husker? What's her name? Uh, which one? <laughs> Anna Taylor Joy's character. She's like the code name, I guess. Oh, Magic. Magic. It's not Husk. I get Husk confused. Magic. Isn't she? She's related to, yeah, Colossus because she's yes. Ilyana Rasputin. Yes. Colossus and Kitty Pride. Our brothers or were dating, and so obviously mm-hmm. this is like her sister-in-law, if you will. But I always saw Kitty with Lockheed. Yeah, exactly. And Kitty and Lockheed kind of uh, maybe the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. They were they were pretty inseparable. Right. So I don't know if this is something like they switched off, or like when if I, all characters die at some point in, X- right. in any universe, really that involves comic books. So either one of them died, and Lockheed went to the other, or vice versa. I don't know. 
So I am very excited to see Lockheed. There's a couple of characters here that I am super, super stoked to see because a lot of them are X-Force characters, which means if if Disney's putting this out, maybe like I even I like tweeted at Ryan Reynolds. He didn't respond. But <laughs> he I was just like old and tired is Deadpool 3. The new and awesomeness is X-Force. Because uh, Charlie Heaton's going to be playing Sam Guthrie, who was Cannibal. Cannonball. And yes! You probably uh, know Charlie Heaton from Stranger Things. He's mm-hmm. the older brother. Yes. And then also uh, Henry Zaga is going to be Sunspot. Yes. Oh, and Sunspot is so badass. Roberto de la Costa, which he is Brazilian. I love yeah. the... the uh, we have Danielle Moonstar, played by Blue Hunt. This is a very diverse cast, and I'm very excited for this. I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely all for it. Uh, Holy crap. Uh, if you don't want to know anything about the movie, then go don't, don't go to IMDb because there's a really there's a person who go. does a voice <laughs> of a character, <laughs> and I was not expecting this person. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, then uh, I won't say it just in case. Yeah, you. don't do that. I'm looking anyway. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm excited to go see this. I'm not going to see it in theaters because my state will not allow it. But I, I'm excited to just watch it at home. I love that we have this option now. Yeah. Yes. Is, is this going to be a horror movie that you can show to your kids, like your teenage kids? Because it's not rated R, is it? No, PG-13. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, at that point, 13-year-old kids, yes. Yeah. <laughs> not, maybe not like our fathers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The seven-year-old Starship Troopers experience. Or mm. for me, Predator. Oh, God. Ab- about the same age. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a... F- I don't... I have to look individually. Uh, there's a bunch of movies coming soon that I am actually very excited for. Um, not necessarily this weekend, but mm-hmm. like, I mean, you got Mulan. Uh, yes. I really want to see Tenet. That looks really badass. Yeah, I'm. I'll, I'll be excited to see that, and I would love to see it like on an IMAX screen because Christopher Nolan is just absolutely insane. Um, but um, maybe by myself. I was a complete hater on that Mulan, the idea of it at first. But I saw the trailer, and I gotta tell you, I'm I'm liking it. Yeah, it looks pretty badass. It does. And as far as like other movies coming out in the next few weeks, like Ilona Holmes. Oh it's yeah. About you know Sherlock Holmes's younger sister. And she is very much not a lady because her mom was Helena Bodum Carter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, who's playing Elona? Uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. Ooh. Helena Bodum Carter's their mom. And Henry Cavill. What? Superman, <laughs> along with Iron Man and Doctor Strange, is going to be playing Sherlock Holmes. What? With, with uh, <laughs> Sam Claff, uh, Claffin from uh, Hunger Games is playing Mycroft. I'm just excited because she just seems like I am not a girly girl. I learned about science and sword fighting and just hanging out with my mom. It just, it just seems like a really fun movie. Maybe someone a little bit more akin to uh, your sensibilities when right. it comes down to it. She's like, I never learned how to embroider. And someone's like, wait, you don't know how to embroider? Well, I guess I don't. So. Don't F with uh, Sherlock either, by the way. Yeah. No, I don't want to mess with that. But that apparently is going to be a movie. On uh, Netflix coming out in the oh, last, a couple weeks. Nice. So, so much good stuff out there, and we can watch it from the comfort of our own homes. Mm-hmm. And until next time, stay nerdy. <laughs>